Talking with a comedy legend that is John Chalice, I don't need to really introduce him as uh, as soon as everyone hears him, they'll instantly recognise the voice. A well-known voice. Uh, Hello, John. A well-known voice from a well-known voice. Hey. <laughs> now, John, we're going to ask you about your uh, new stuff. Uh, you've got a, w- a new website, I believe. That's right. Yes, I have, yeah. And uh, how, how do people find that? Well, it's, um, it's uh, www.john-chalice. Uh, not that my second name is hyphen. Uh, dot com. Uh, so it's john-chalice.com. And uh, this, um, it's, it's really there to bring together all the stuff that I've uh, been involved with. And uh, yeah, there's links to place orders for if people want uh, sort of presents and things. You know, for instance, I do a lot of messages for people on Celeb uh, VM, just, you know, to uh, celebrate somebody's birthday or their anniversary or just to cheer them up or uh, doing quite a lot of cheering up the voices recently, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, also books, you know, there's uh, two copies of the autobiography, uh, which can be reached through these links and the merchandise attached. There's also uh, a book about where we live, uh, Wigmore Abbey, where they did the green, green grass, which is quite interesting, sort of historically... Um, and also garden-wise, but also about the green, green grass as well. So I think people will find that quite a success. It's a fabulous book for great photos. Uh, signed photos you can get of me if you so desire. Um, and there's a few dates on uh, for a tour, a prospective tour of this year, 2021. But um, who the hell knows what's going to happen. So uh, yeah, anyway, sure. yeah, those those dates that are in place at the moment, this is all later in the year a bit. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that a bit later on. Let's get back to you, uh, your early career. I mean, it's like a well, every program you can ever think of. I mean, I'll just mention a few. You got Zed Cars, Doctor Who, and the Seeds of Doom, Last of the Summer Wine, and Heartbeat, to name a few. So many. Uh, some great uh, memories there, then, John. Oh, certainly. Yes. Um, somebody sort of rather ill-advisedly sent me a list of all the stuff I'd been in. He sort of looked it up through Wikipedia and so on, and uh, I was just amazed. I have to say, it was pages long because in the uh, it's not just uh, television, really. Of course, in the, the old days, I uh, have been in the business for almost 60 years, I suppose. And, yeah. Uh, started doing television about 1967, 68, that's the time. There was an awful lot of television being made because it was quite relatively new television. And uh, they were looking for useful useful actors, really. And I was quite useful because um, I suppose I had a bit of comedy about me and, uh, and also I looked quite uh, ugly. So uh, <laughs> a lot of... Um, <laughs> Played a lot of villains, but also a lot of policemen, too, slightly laconic style. So uh, I think I've played as many policemen as I have villains, and um, okay. uh, but episodes of lots and lots of things. So this whole list went on and on and on. I couldn't believe it, you know, uh, some of the stuff I'd completely forgotten about. Yeah. Because maybe uh, there was a little, quite small role sometimes, just one day's filming or something. So... Uh, you think about sort of 50, 50-odd years ago, it's not surprising you've forgotten about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. You were a trainee estate agent at one time? Oh, yes. Oh, well, that was, uh, that was uh, after I'd uh, left school, uh, uh, gone back home. And um, I, I wanted to be an actor, and that's what I, I thought I, I wanted to be, because I, I love knocking about generally and, um, and comedy, and I could throw my voice about a bit, you know, pretend to be other people. So it seemed that the die was cast, really. But, um, but people obviously worried about that and wanted insecure profession it is and so on uh, so I was prevailed upon to sort of try and do something uh, you know with a bit more security to it yeah. and uh, a sort of a sensible sensible job you know so uh, I got articles through someone I, I knew to uh, a local estate agents firm and this was God I suppose this must have been about 1960 or something like that and uh, and I sat in an office 
you know, for a bit, and then um, I, I got uh, sacked because I wasn't very good, and then I moved <laughs> to another firm, you know. And uh, but I sat and I just got so bored, and I couldn't concentrate, and uh, and I thought I've got to move on, I've got to get out of here, you know. So I yeah. left the second estate agents and uh, didn't know really what to do until I um, went into W.A. Smith and uh, found this advertisement for a travelling children's theatre. And it was charging around the country with a fit-up stage and lots of costumes and so on. I could play lots of different characters. So I went off and uh, did a little audition and uh, passed the audition and uh, and off I went on the road. And I loved it. I just loved being on the road. Yeah, well, from selling houses, I mean, uh, you went on to uh, selling cars when you joined Only Fools in 1981, working for the uh, great John Sullivan. That must have been fantastic times for you, John. Well, well they were. I mean, uh, at the time, it was quite uh, interesting. I was, I was actually at the National Theatre. Time, which you believe, right? You know, trying to trying to become a proper actor, and uh, <laughs> but I'd done a couple of plays there. I suddenly got asked, if, would I come and do um, an episode of a series called Citizen Smith? You see, um, and uh, I, as I say, I was doing lots and lots of cameo roles on television. And this is just another one of those. And the producer of that man called Ray Butt had seen me in some uh, fringe theatre thing, and uh, cast me as this rather dodgy policeman. The writer of Citizen Smith uh, was John Sullivan. Okay. And uh, and I put this, I sort of based the character on someone I used to know in a pub in uh, South London where I used to live. And uh, and he, he came up to me afterwards and said, I really like what you've done with that character. He said, I'm going to try and use that again one day. And uh, about a year later, this script came through the door. Would I come and play this second-hand car salesman? Again, small part, just one day's filming. In a, in a new comedy series called Early Fools and Horses. And, uh, and I read it, and it made me laugh. And so I thought, well, yeah, last it. So off I went and... Uh, and uh, little did I know what was going to happen, but because uh, nobody said anything, nobody said, uh, "Oh, your character will definitely be back in uh, in the series." And in fact, nobody said there was going to be a second series at all. No, surprised that there was. Uh, so I came back to do a second episode, and um, and it went on from there. And uh, every series after that, I did some more, and uh, we finished up. 2001, doing uh, the last three specials, uh, just amazing. So uh, 20 years, 20 years. Yeah, working with, oh, so, with so many great actors and actresses and, and a lot, of course, found their fame from that programme, didn't they, that, that series? Oh, certainly, yes, absolutely. I mean, I, David Jason had, uh, had done quite a bit of work, you know, before then, obviously. Yeah. He had a great sort of comedy talent, but nothing that had really taken off for him. I mean, I suppose um, the original Open All Hours with Ronnie Barker, he was sort of second, uh, second on on the bill to yeah. Ronnie. It was Ronnie's series, so he'd done a couple of those sort of series, and this is his first uh, series as uh, as the lead. And uh, and he's very lucky, very lucky that he got it really, and because uh, it, it really put him on the map. And uh, people loved the show so much. He went on and did. Uh, so much more work after that, you know. So. And, uh, of course, when that series ended, a bit of personal life got in the way of making the next series because, obviously, I'd love you to tell us about the story of Carol's Surprise 60th when John Sullivan came along at, at your new place, Wigmore Abbey. Yes, indeed, that was... A stroke of genius. Another stroke of luck. We uh, we wanted to leave London because you know, it changed so much and we got to the sort of uh, time of our life. We wanted a bit of space and uh, we wanted to create a garden and look after a bit of old history, you know, which we, um, you know, which we were fascinated by. And by, quite by accident, we found um, this place which um, Carol, my wife, had a had a, an ancestral connection to, going right back to the dissolution of the bodice. But she had no idea about it. We we just came to see it because it looked fantastic. But it was sort of much too big, much too far away. Everything was wrong with it, really. We found that she had this personal connection. To 
So it seemed like fate had drawn us here, you know. And, uh, so we thought, let's jump in and, and have a go. <laughs> so I prepared for, uh, you know, a year or two later, perhaps if we couldn't handle it, and, uh, and moving back, you know, nearer to London because it's quite a, quite a distance, three and a half hours away. Uh, but we're still here, over 20 years later. And uh, it's lucky we did, because, uh, my, as you say, my 60th birthday was two. And uh, my wife, my wife, bless her heart, had uh, arranged this sort of secret party for me, which I knew nothing about. I had a suspicion something was going on, but uh, yeah. suddenly there, there we were. And um, lots of people turned up, including John Sullivan himself. And... Uh, a lot of the cast from Only Fools and, you know, friends from way back. And um, John Sullivan saw me in a completely different context. He saw me in this, trying to look after this great big old uh, pile of medieval stones. <laughs> and uh, all these people around and me um, in a context that looked rather like I was the Lord of the Manor, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he came up to me during this uh, party and he said, I've had a bit of an idea. He said, I'll get back to you. Um, and I thought, well, well, I wonder what that is, you know, but I forgot about it after that, really. And uh, it wasn't until two years later, uh, Sue Holderness and myself were doing um, the play in Brighton that John Sullivan gave us to see it. And he took us out to tea and he pitched the idea of the green, green grass to us. And, uh, and he said that he'd been inspired by seeing me, uh, completely out of context, and uh, swap me for the character. But he couldn't think why Boise would leave London. He understood why I'd leave. I'd left London, but, yeah. but why Why would Boise? And um, being John Sullivan, he always had to have a logical reason for everything. <laughs> and, uh, and then he suddenly thought of the Driscoll brothers, and he said, that's it, he's on the run. He's grafted them up, and uh, he's on the run. So hence the Greek, Greek graft. And, um, and not only that, but uh, he loved this part of the world. He, was, he loved the country, John, for a man who uh, grew up in, in the towns. And yeah. Was quite urban humor he loved the country and uh, he so he decided he wanted to film it all around here all around uh, where we lived yeah. <laughs> extraordinary um, and uh, we had four brilliant years down here and a uh, difficult thing to follow of course only falls and horses because it was so popular but uh, i think we just about got away with it and uh, <laughs> was that around the time that john passed away when that series was making or had he finished it then i oh, know we finished it we finished um, doing Green Green Grass in uh, 2008. Yeah. And it wasn't until uh, three years later, which was by that time the 30th anniversary of uh, Only Fools and Horses starting. And he was in the process of getting together a special for that uh, year. It would be a Christmas special or something. And uh, the premise was it was Del Boy's birthday and uh, he was 65 and uh, he was retiring. So there was going to be a bit of a get together in the nags head, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But unfortunately, um, he got ill and, uh, and didn't come out of it. And uh, it was a complete shock to everybody. Yeah. Because he suddenly got rung up by the producer saying, uh, you know, giving us the bad news. I, I just couldn't believe it. So everybody's... everybody's um, world fell apart somewhat, you know. Yes. You thought it'd be about 30 years you've been doing this man's uh, stuff and being part of that tremendous show. Um, sure. And doing, and doing a spin-off as well. I mean, we owed him an awful lot. And uh, so that was a terrible shock, you know, uh, for us all. And uh, even greatest shock, of course, for his family. And he's well-remembered and much missed, I have to say, still. 
Yes. His legacy lives on because the show is never off. It's on every day, isn't it? Yes, it is. One of the greatest comedy producers we've ever had, writers of this country, for sure. Sure, absolutely. Moving on to Benidorm, Monty Staines, and uh, your love for Joyce Temple Savage. Uh, <laughs> again, working with the great Darren Lytton. Uh, that must be exciting times. Hot out there, I would have thought, because the character you played, most of the time you wore a suit, didn't you? Yes, oh, that's right, yes. I, uh, uh, that's right. I mean, uh, I remember talking to Darren... Um, a, a writer, producer, actor, whatever he'd like to call himself. Um, and he, he said he wanted me to do uh, something on, on Benidorm for about two years before then, you know, and I hadn't been able to do it for various reasons. But uh, this time I was sort of available, and, uh, and I went out there and um, said that he saw character quite like I was dressed. You know? So I finished up sort of dressing in a jacket and tie, and, uh, uh, you know, but bit different from most of the characters in Benidorm, I have to say. Uh, but, um, as I say, he'd been looking for me for two years, and eventually I did a couple of episodes. And uh, blow me down, could I come back and do some more the following year, and the, and the year after that, and then I finished up doing the whole of the last series of Marrying Joyce. And this is a complete surprise to me, I have to say. <laughs> no idea. But he suddenly came up and said, oh, um, uh, the powers of be at ITV like your character and um, I want you to marry Joyce and I went my uh, have you asked her <laughs> <laughs> so and we had to ask her permission I think and uh, she um, luckily she said uh, she said oh yes yes that'll, that'll be uh, that'll be good and then we uh, yes then we got married and uh, I think the um, the floodgates were open really but unfortunately ITV didn't agree and took the show off you know but I was looking forward to creating this new character because he was so different from uh, from Boise and uh, it was such fun being out there you know um, I, was, I was out there for all two or three months I suppose doing the last series and um, took the wife out there you know she loved the place and we had a really good time and also did a bit of work as well unfortunately but uh, it was we saw a lot of the country because uh, when you were filming out there, you'd do two or three days maybe of intensive work, and then, then maybe you had a week off, and then you'd do some more scenes and, uh, and so on. That's the way it was structured, anyway. And uh, we met up with some friends out there, and we toured around and saw a bit of the country. Fantastic. It's part of the world, you know, if you just yes. get land from the coast. The coast itself is just remarkable. It's, uh, it's extraordinary. I know it's a very beautiful place around there, Javier and uh, and all up that coast. Yes, yes, you know, you know quite well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's terrific. You know, we did um, we did a lot of exploring. So, uh, so that's another bit we missed. They keep taking these shows off when I haven't finished. <laughs> it was a shock to everyone. I mean, because so many great characters and big names appearing in it all the time, even like Cilla Black and and people like that, you wouldn't expect, you know, to, to turn up in it. Joan Collins. Joan Collins, yeah. Nigel Havers, who's in everything, of course. But, <laughs> yes, he <laughs> also, is. Also, he met all these wonderful turns out there, all these uh, comics, you know. He had, uh, he had the Chuckle Brothers out there. Yeah. <laughs> I always found quite amusing. The pantomime time, you know, so it's great to do some uh, scenes with them. And Halen Pace turned up and uh, did a little storyline. Uh, and uh, Bobby Ball. Yeah. Uh, Cannon and Ball, um, just Ball turned up, uh, but it was, it was remarkable. I just remember going out to dinner on some occasions, and there was this large table full of all these these wonderful comics, you know, all sort of chantering away and trying to outjoke each other, you know, and uh, <laughs> Great. squalls of laughter, and you sort of sat there just being an actor, sort of wishing you were as funny as they were. 
<laughs> it, was, but it, was, it, was, it was remarkable for that and also musical turns madness uh, came over and did something and uh, oh I, I don't know I don't and Tony Hadley of course sang, sang at your wedding you can't get better than that no Tony Hadley that's right I know I, I never paid uh, that much attention I'd heard the records I thought they were good you know but they weren't really my area but uh, but then meeting Tony and hearing him sing that song he just thought my god I can see what it was about because uh, he was he was great fun his whole family came out as well so uh, you always saw I mean practically every week there was, was going to be somebody uh, yeah it was, it was remarkable I'm sure moving on to uh, Boise and Belgrade the love there for Only Fools and Horses in that country is phenomenal, isn't it? You must have had a lovely time travelling round and meeting the people there. Well, I, d- I did. I d- I, complete news to me. I was doing. I was signing uh, my books. When I was arriving from a book somewhere like Peterborough, I think, suddenly. And um, a Serbian television crew turned up. And uh, I, thought it, I thought it was a gotcha. I thought it was... <laughs> yes, wind up, yeah. It was going to leap out or Anton Deck or somebody. Um, but it was true, and they said you must come out and be on our, our big television show. Their their big show is sort of a, like the Graham Norton show uh, that we have here. And I thought, what? what? And said, oh, how popular it is out there. And um, so I started my one man show. I started telling this story, you see, and uh, and uh, suddenly it came about. I went out. I did a television show out there, and I, I was treated um, rather like I imagine the Prince of Wales is treated which was quite difficult to deal with really but they couldn't do it uh, couldn't do enough for me and so on and, and i suddenly realized it was they loved it they loved the show only fools and horses out there and um i was doing my one-man show one night and um and a montenegrin uh, producer turned up you know which is uh, montenegro is next door to serbia of course and that part of the world just are crazy for only fools and horses yeah and, uh, he got in touch and said look uh, why don't we uh, go out there and do a documentary and try and find out why it's so popular. So uh, I can't believe this. Anyway, that's what finished up happening at uh, the beginning of last year. The beginning of uh, last year. I went out there and um, I, I got uh, driven around and uh, and I met um, part of the royal family, so who are their royal family out there. And they loved the show and then I would take the British Embassy and I had a nice cup of tea and a little big cake. <laughs> and uh, I thought, I can't believe it. And, the, and of course, to have a character from that show, just because nobody had been there before. You know? No, no, uh, no. And there was, a, there was a little second-hand car dealer, and not only that, but classic cars as well. And there was a little yellow van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there was lots of opportunity um, to, uh, you know, to meet people. And I went out and I sort of talked to people and so on. I did a signing, of course, and I appeared on... Uh, on one of their favourite comedy shows in a little sketch and so on. So I, was, I just had such a tremendous time. And eventually I finished up getting offered um, to be, um, well, I said, well, Minister of Culture or something, or Prime Minister. I, I, I think somebody suggested I should become Prime Minister of uh, Serbia. And so on. <laughs> I think they were having some political problems. I thought, no, I, can't, I really can't be out there in Serbia being a Prime Minister. You know, I wouldn't know how the hell to play that part, really. <laughs> well, so, some of the real ones <laughs> don't. <laughs> power of the show that's, yeah that's the pull it had uh, so much so that we uh, hopefully this year cross fingers supposed to go last year we, um, we've been invited out there again probably to go to montenegro and find out why it's so popular there so uh, yeah yes it became this documentary uh, called boise in belgrade 
www.voicingbelgrade.com if, if anybody wants to copy that DVD, which of course I would recommend. But it's uh, a lot of people have seen it and found it very amusing and, um, and also very informative because I, I talk a lot about the history of that part of the world. You know, which is uh, fascinating. So, boiseinbelgrave.com. That's where you get the DVD. You know, for anyone that hasn't been there, to go there, you know? Yeah, I, I knew something about it, of course. Uh, I mean, there were the terrible wars they had with each other out there. Um, but I, I really knew nothing about, you know, the, uh, the Ottoman Empire and... Uh, they got invaded by um, by Hitler and his merry men, and uh, and they're also Russia, of course. So they're right in the middle of everything. Yeah. That part of the world, and so there's a bit of an identity crisis, I think. You know, not question. Unsurprisingly, because of the history of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You think, think of, realistically, we've been uh, pretty unscathed in that area, but in that part of the world, I mean, it's really been very difficult uh, for them um, over a long, long period of time. But I find all that sort of thing fascinating, you know, so uh, so, so looking forward to going out there again, hopefully, uh, this year. Hopefully everything will come back, your tour, the uh, Only Fools and Horses conventions that they have. I mean, that's huge, isn't it? It's gone from strength to strength. Yes, I, I know. I really, I really miss that, meeting the people who put us where we are, really. Yeah. By watching us on the telly and... Um, and remaining sort of loyal fans over many years. And uh, there's a big thrill at the beginning of the year. Uh, David Jason came out to the signing, and uh, me and Sue uh, were there as sort of backup, I suppose. But he had a really great time, and uh, I think he was knocked out by the reaction people. Yeah. Because I know he'd been been a bit nervous about it, unsurprisingly, because, uh, because I mean, he's obviously um, obviously a big star, big our biggest television star in a lot of ways, I guess. So he's a bit nervous about getting swamped and so on, and um, he'd get embarrassed by it. And, but he really, really uh, enjoyed it, I think, from uh, from what I can tell. And, uh, and so uh, hopefully there'll be another one of those. Who knows? I yeah. Well, hopefully. Going to happen. But, uh, but yes, the conventions have been um, under threat like everything else because people are clustered together. So uh, I hope they're going to come back this year say, in some form or shape. Sure. Do you, do you reckon Nicholas Linders will ever come along to one of them? Oh, I wish he would, you know. I, I really do. But uh, he's been through a horrible time, of course. Yes, I know. L- losing his son recently. But uh, I think in terms of the show, from what I can see and work out, he's... He really has become sort of quite reclusive about it and wants to sort of move on to other areas, which is fine. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, but I think it's it's a bit of a shame because um, he gets mentioned, obviously, every time uh, I go out and talk to people and he's um, such a fabulously uh, um, popular character. I think uh, I think the people out there would just love to see him. And uh, maybe now, now David, maybe he will. I mean, it would be nice, wouldn't it? It'd yes, it would. Nice. People can get hold of your books and, and your personalised greetings with the familiar Boise laugh thrown in. Yes, I do. That's right. This is um, this is something called Celeb VM, you know, which uh, uh-huh. specialises in uh, in people like myself, sort of putting out messages for people. Yeah, could be a birthday, an anniversary, uh, or just to cheer people up or send a message for people. And uh, we can do uh, a little video message. And uh, put it out there for people, and uh, it seems to work very well. I met uh, I met somebody who was just starting it up. I mean, some a uh, few years ago, and I was a bit dubious about it. I thought, oh, 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 I'm not sure about this, but uh, it's actually mushrooms. Got um, and uh, I'm doing them every day, actually, for uh, for people, you know, for all sorts of. Uh, they get the, the new website. My new website is uh, is John-Chalice www.John-Chalice.com. 
Right, so that's the new website. So I've got to be a hyphen chalice because there's another John Chalice parent in America who's already got John Chalice, so I've got to be John hyphen chalice. Sites all um, bring everything together, all the stuff that I'm doing, you know, the, the links to place orders, the Celeb VM thing, and the books and merchandise, and also signed photographs. And uh, hopefully the tour of um, One Man Show, dates of that 2021, if it comes off, but of course it's all in the bands. Sure. Hopefully things will go well for us this year and uh, we'll be able to get out. And as Llewellyn on the green, green grass would say, Now then, farmer boys. Have you got the Boise laugh thrown in? Well, you know how much it's cost, don't you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Large cognac, please. Thank you. John, it's been a pleasure talking with you. We wish you well with your new website and all your other stuff you're doing. Hopefully we'll see you back on the road as soon as all this pandemic's over. Great, Ian. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you, John. Take care.